Hello and welcome to Debt Real with Ralph. I'm your host, Ralph Nudy, and today I have a couple of great guests with me. I have from Most Performance, our regular resident performance health and wellness specialist, David Mariani. And I have with us a very special guest today, local Kenosha celebrity basketball player, YouTube extraordinaire, and just an all-around fun guy to hang around, Tristan Jazz. Tristan, welcome to the program. What's up? Hey, what's up? My man Ralph, how you been? Good, good. You know, it's been uh, it's been a journey for you, hasn't it? Big journey, big journey. I'm excited about having you on here. I know that scheduling is, is, has made it difficult because you've been flying all over the place. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Collaborating with, with other people that, that were doing what you're doing now for longer. And it, yeah. it looks like in, in a lot of respects you've caught up to them in mm -hmm. uh, audience size and, uh, and monetization, yeah. which is which is huge for you. Yeah. And so I want to talk about your status as an athlete. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your status as a uh, as a 19-year-old mm -hmm. because you, you know you come from a completely different generation and your status as what uh, the world has, has come to know as as an influencer mm -hmm. and how that has changed your life and how you plan on using that to change not only your life but but other lives around you because I think that is I, I think that you're doing some very special things along and and what's impressed me about you on this journey is the self-awareness that you have. Yeah. Which is difficult. I think when life is changing that quick and you go from just a kid in high school in middle America playing basketball to 500,000 people watching your every move, I imagine that is exciting and uh, thrilling. At the same time, probably a big source of stress, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And it's, it's, it happened very fast. It did happen fast. Very fast. For for those of you that didn't know, and we'll uh, we'll make sure we drop in that clip. Tristan was playing basketball in Kenosha, Wisconsin, for Tremper High School, and mm -hmm. he's been a great athlete as long as I've known him. Mm -hmm. We were um, he played at the age of ten on a on a PE football team with my sons, and and I was one of the volunteer dads that helped assistant coach that team, and I watched I watched him hit kids. So I've never <laughs> ever. Seen anybody hit on a football field at that age like you did? That you were like a blonde-headed missile. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your your dad coached right along yeah. with us, and I, you would hit, and we'd go, "Oh, wow!" Yeah. And I remember saying to your dad, "This kid's got a wrestle." He's like, "No, no, he likes basketball." I'm like, "He's a white boy. He's not gonna be able to play basketball." Yeah. <laughs> and he proved everybody wrong. Yeah. That seems to be one of the common themes. You're good at proving people wrong. Oh yeah, you gotta prove people wrong. It, it, it's, it is proving people wrong is a cool thing. Yeah. And you got to high school, and you were uh, on your way to doing great things already, and then you started videoing some of your some of your moves, and you decided mm. to pull the sham god on one of your teachers. Tell us yeah. what happened there. Yeah, so um, me and Mr. Gallo, shout out to Mr. Gallo, dude's a legend, real cool teacher, real good person. Um, we were playing 1v1 after school on a Friday. And I told my homie, I was like, yo, bro, you got to film this because I felt like I was going to make him fall. Like, I, it was it was really weird because I had, like, a feeling that I was going to, like, it was going to happen. I was going to make him fall. I didn't know when or what or how, but I just had a feeling that I could get, like, a viral video from this. So so you felt this. You visualized this happening oh, beforehand. Oh, dude, yeah, it was so weird. I visualized it. I, like, knew it was going to happen. So I was like, yo, I need you to record this. So my guy recorded it. Boom, it happened. Instantly, I knew that video was going to go viral. How bad did, how, how bad did he hurt himself? Um, he actually got back up. 
did. Yeah, he got back up. We were, we uh, we finished the game. I think that was like we were going to eleven, and that was like the seventh point or something. Did he score? So, um, I don't remember. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. <laughs> well, it seems like he's been a big fan of yours. Oh, super cool dude, yeah. super chill. You know, you know what he said though. I went back to school Monday. I actually emailed him like Sunday. I was like, yo, like. Mr. Gallo, I'm sorry, but this video is everywhere. Like, because I didn't know if he was going to be mad about it or because, like, you know what I'm saying? He's the dude in the video, and he never emailed me back, so I was going to school the next day like, oh, shoot, like, this dude's going to be pissed off. So I went in a little early to school so I could go talk to him, and uh, I went to his classroom, and he wasn't there. And I was like, oh, he didn't even show up today. I was like, oh, no. And uh, then I walk out of his classroom, and he's down the hall walking out of the printer room. And he's like, hey, Mr. Celebrity. Or he said something like that. And uh, so I went up to him. I was like, Mr. Gal, I'm sorry. The video went crazy. And uh, he was really cool about it. Like, I feel like a lot of other people would kind of be, like, pissed off. But he was... He was like, you know what, if this video helps you get noticed to get a scholarship to college, I'm all for it. So he was really cool about it. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool dude. Um, in the classroom, probably one of the best teachers I've ever had. So. What subject was Mr. Gallo? Uh, history. Mr. Gallo teach? history. History, yeah. Gotcha. Do you, do you like history to begin with? Um, I didn't, but he makes it fun, so I liked it in his class. He, uh, he likes to... Bring up like old um, like World War Two clips or whatever, like whatever the subject was. He'd like he'd bring up videos on the on the projector screen to like actually show us what it was like instead of just reading the book. Like sure. So it was like he was a really good teacher when it came and, and to that. visual learning. I, I think so many people learn are yeah. auditory and visual learners as opposed yeah. to. to, to to, to reading, so that, that, that's cool that yeah. he reached you. So he, he made learning really fun, yeah. So he's a he's a rock star history teacher, you're a rock star basketball player, you got together and you made some you, you made some shit happen, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you said something really important there. You said that he said, whatever it takes, if this video helps you get a college scholarship. Yeah, he was all I'm for you. For it. And I yeah. imagine at the time, that was probably your mindset, right? Oh, 100%. Gotcha. 100%. So from there, what happened is that that, got, that put you on the map where you were able to actually monetize and make money on videos, correct? Um, No. So you started to do more after that? I, yeah, I started. Well, so I went to this basketball camp. In Iowa, it was the Courtside Films uh, basketball camp, and they they make every person that goes there, if you pay extra, um, they make you like a like a mixtape, like of all your highlights, like all your good highlights. And for some reason, I like I was really working out a lot, like preparing for uh, the the coming up AAU season, and I went to the camp, and I was just like going crazy. And so they made the mixtape, and I started getting some recognition just off of the mixtape before the Mr. Gallup video. Got it. So I might have had, like, 20,000 followers on Instagram before the Mr. Gallup video. Okay. Yeah. And then once that happened, went to a whole nother level. So you started off your followers on Instagram? Oh, yeah. Got it. Instagram is how I came up, yeah. Gotcha. And then you, after that, that's when you started also leveraging YouTube as well? Um, well, here's a funny story. Before the Courtside Films Camp, 
Um, obviously, every every basketball player watching this, you probably understand. They want like the kids want Ball's Life mixtapes. They want all these big media outlets to come film them, and like reality is, they can't come to all of your games and film you, especially if you're not a top prospect in the nation, which I was just like, man, I wish they could come film me. I wish they could come make me a mixtape. Like I'm out here chopping people and it was just frustrating. So I started my YouTube page four years ago and it wasn't for making the videos I'm making now. It was for making mini like highlight reels of my plays during basketball season. But get this. I would have my grandma film on her iPad because none of these outlets would come and film me. So I'm like, I got to make my own shit. Good. I need to get my name out there by making my so own shit. So you didn't shit. leave it to chance. You didn't say somebody, poor me, somebody got to come get me. You, you you, literally took the ball and ran with it. Yeah. So my grandma would be standing at each baseline, whichever way we were going, and she would just film. And yeah. And then, so I started a YouTube channel four years ago. You can go look. I have like my first five videos are like mixtapes of basketball that I've made. My grandma filmed it. I took the footage after the game, like on the ride home or even at home, and I just chop up the good plays and put it into a highlight reel and just post it on YouTube to see if I can get some recognition. And um, how many did you put out before all of a sudden you noticed your views were climbing? Well, it, that my views were not really climbing. There was probably like a couple hundred views on the mixtapes. And then, and they're all kids probably you went to school with, and kids that knew you on Instagram. Yeah, well, that was like that. Was, I'm talking like eighth grade, freshman year. Yeah, freshman year, and then freshman year AAU, going into my sophomore year of high school. Um, that was when I was doing those mixtapes. So I had none of the, I had no recognition then. Gotcha. I was trying to make a name for myself. As a basketball player, not as a YouTuber, but using YouTube to make that interest. Exactly. So your heart was in this place of you've got a heart for basketball. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. You wanted to be successful as a baller. Yeah. And you were using the fact that you could get your plays out there so scouts could see it. So whoever, whoever man, whoever, whoever could was, see it, you yeah. could share it. Yeah. So that's that's how the grind went. Had my grandma film. Did you ever think for a minute that you were gonna end up famous? Um, I always had a feeling something would happen. You have like a feeling that something's going to happen and then, but I didn't know what or I didn't know what, how or when or what the heck was going to happen. But I, I always had a feeling it's, it's almost like the law of attraction or manifestation where you like speak it into existence. It was almost like that. Like all of this is like, I knew this was going to happen. It sounds, sounds crazy. Like, but it I did. It doesn't I did. sound crazy even in the least to me. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that more people need to understand that. And if you can teach that, you can help a lot of other people oh, yeah. do that in their lives. Yeah, 100%. Law of attraction is something that I talked about earlier today. I had a sports performance hypnotist here. Yeah. And we talked about the law of attraction very much and that if you can conceive and believe in your mind, you can make it happen. Oh, 100%. And hypnosis is just that. It's just closing your eyes and relaxing and thinking about that and visualizing in your head to the point that then you open your eyes and you go at it. And of course, visualizing isn't enough. You gotta put in the hard work. Oh yeah. Tell you us gotta, about the hard work that you put in. Cause I know that you've, I, I know that you're, you have an intense work ethic. Man, um, came a long way, man. It was 5.30 AM before school, getting shots up at Tremper. 
um, getting kicked out of gyms because we were there so late at night. We were there so early that the janitors were only working the night shift still, and they were like, what the hell are you kids doing in here? So we, man, me, my homie Gerald, um, Gerald Marinoff, um, we would, we'd get up, man, at like 5 a.m. and go to Tremper, whether it was Tremper, um, the Recplex, but we, they actually, at Tremper, um, they wouldn't let us go there in the mornings unless it was Fridays and Tuesdays, because, is Tuesdays when they yeah. run fives yep. and Fridays? Yep. Early in the morning? Yeah. The adult run. Yeah, so. Got it. We were going every day. Like, we started going every day, every morning, because there was, like, a door open. Was this as a freshman year or you were going every morning? Um, no. I, at freshman year, I was at St. Joe's. Got it. I wasn't at Trumper yet. I think I started going, like, sophomore year, I was kind of, I was going on game day, on game days with Riley Kekison. We'd go before game days and uh, get some shots up just to get warmed up. Riley's mother is actually a distant cousin of mine. Really? Sweet, sweet. So, yeah, so um, huh? yeah. So we'd go put shots up on game days because and it worked out perfectly because Tuesdays and Fridays were game days, and those are the days that the old guys would run fives in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we do that. But then junior year hit, and I was like, man, we like this year. I need to put in a lot of work in order to. Now, who told you need to put in all that work? Myself. Beautiful. Um, you never, you never needed a parent or a coach to to, to like. Oh no! 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 You no! Were, I, wa- I wanted this. You I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. So we were, um, me and my homie, Gerald Marinoff, um, we'd go every day to Tremper every morning, 5, 5.30 a.m. And we started getting, like, in trouble because we didn't have any supervision or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, wow, like, what are we going to do? Like, sprain our wrists from shooting the basketball? Or, like, because they were afraid we were going to get injured. And I'm like, we're not playing one-on-one. We're just shooting bat, like shooting shots. shots. Yeah, practicing shooting and dribbling drills and stuff. So that was kind of annoying. So we had to, so it was like Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we'd have to go to the Recplex, which at the time, I didn't even have a membership. So we were just trying to walk in without them saying anything. And if they did say anything, we'd have to pay 10 bucks. Right. So it was like... Um, Mondays, yeah, Mondays, Wednesdays, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we were going to the Recplex, Tuesday and Friday, we go to Tremper in the morning. And you did that all year long, whether it's basketball season, I think, not basketball I think season. It w- I think we did it consistently for like two to three months. Wow. And it, we, it was like, at first it was hard because it's early in the morning, but then after a certain amount of time, you start getting used to the schedule and it's like, boom, we got to get up, we got to work out, we got to... We got to get this shit done. So that's inspiring because all you hear from people my generation is kids today are lazy and they don't want to do anything and all they do is look at their phones and all they yeah. do is play video games. And <clears throat> I know that that's not true. Yeah. Because I've seen it. I've seen it in athletes that I know. I've seen it in my own children. I've seen it in in, in you and you and you're the biggest example of what happens if you do that. That I know personally that I that that I've watched, but yeah. It's once you have that desire, it's there. Yeah. And you knew you, you knew you had the desire and it was there for you early on. It took you from that time from the time you started doing that, 
when did you really notice the results in your play? Um, probably my junior year. So a year, high in, school. a year into being consistent and working yeah. hard. Oh yeah. Uh, what was that? Because I played for an AAU team down in Libertyville called Kessel Heat that summer. And they put me on the B team. Which I was like, alright, I got some decent guys on my team, you know. Um, but it, it almost like, it, it wasn't fair. Because we'd scrimmage the A team and I'd just chop everybody. And the coach on that team knew but he was just telling me like, "Yo, sorry, we already have like, we already have our point guard." But even though I was chopping everybody, it was just so it really. That, Do you think that made you work harder? Yeah, it made me work harder because I was going against good players on the A team. Because I was on the B team, we were scrimmaging the A team every Did practice. Did you piss you off? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Good. Um, maybe. Do you, th- do you think harder. if you wouldn't have got pissed off, that maybe you wouldn't? Do you think that that made you work harder because you're angry? Yeah, yeah, it definitely made me work harder. But the good thing about that, like, thank God he put me on the B team. It was because that AAU season taught me how to score the basketball. Sophomore year in high school, I averaged a shit ton of assists and, like, maybe four or five points. But I had scores around me, so I was always passing the ball sophomore year. I mean, sophomore year being on varsity, I was a little nervous. I didn't know what to expect coming from St. Joe's. St. Joe's freshman year, I was on the freshman team, jumping from freshman to varsity, it was a little different. And you go from freshman D3 to varsity D1 on top yeah. of them all. So yeah, that's... so, yeah, we, um, yeah, so, then sophomore, wait, shit, what were Yeah, we how much did you average sophomore year? How sophomore, many points did you average sophomore year? Sophomore year, I only averaged like four points in like... I think at one point I led the state in assists with like 12 assists a game. Wow. And, but I wasn't, I had scores around me. I had Bobby right. Henley, I had Eric Brom, Riley Kekison. So I was like, these dudes are all seniors and juniors. Right. I'm, I'm a quick little guard. I'm going to get them the ball so they can score. Because right. they're, they're so older. You were a team yeah. player. Yeah. So wanted to do that, get them the ball to score. And then junior year. Like I said, I started to score the ball more because AAU season before junior year, um, I played on that B team, which taught me how to score the basketball because I needed to lead my team in scoring. So you could get on that A team. Exactly. So every AAU tournament, it was like 10 points, 20 points. Um, there was maybe one game where I had 30 points. Like, wow. But it was like I had to teach myself how to put the ball in the basket because I was so used to passing the ball. So if I would, yeah, if I wasn't if I wasn't on the B team, I wouldn't have taught myself how to score. In junior year, I would have probably not done anything. So that would have been you would have topped out. Yeah. So thank God I was on the B team because I really taught myself how to get to the basket and score. That's a big lesson. Setbacks, failure, sometimes. Yeah. Challenges are the things that actually are the the things that make you later on that make you successful and not giving up now at what point did you and dave start working together on your strength and condition because i you know i um, i know that that was that was a part of your your routine later on yeah probably like a couple months ago got it yeah got it and what has that done for your what has that done for your playing ability what, what, what did that how did that change things for you um just be able to jump higher okay overall like get stronger 
stuff like that. So that's been a big part of it as well. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go back to Mr. Gallo said he hoped you'd get a college scholarship. Yeah. And you got some offered to you. Yeah. And you initially committed to going to a school. Yeah. And from what I understand, if you would have went to a school, you would not have been able to continue to make, or you were afraid you wouldn't have been able to continue to make money on, on your social media. Is that correct? Um, not 100% correct because I was going to an NAI school. Got it. Which does allow you to um, gotcha. make so money. It's only the NCAA like that, that has yeah. that scam. Yeah, place. so let me, let me take you back to junior juniors junior year after junior year that summer going into my senior year which is the last uh the last year you can play AAU unless you're unsigned um senior year so played with a team in Chicago called Team RWA and I was in the best shape of my life um we'd be on every Thursday uh we'd have practice like Monday Tuesday and Thursday but every Thursday we did not even see the court we were on the track running like doing the craziest shit like my coach coach wall coach aj coach darion just be sitting on the track and they're like all right you guys got however many football field suicides so i didn't even know what that was when they said that (laughs) and so you gotta go the 10 back 20 back 30 back 40 back 50 back yeah and i think one time we did like 10 of those and it was just like I was in the best shape of my life, like picking up, like playing Chicago basketball is a lot different than playing Kenosha basketball. Oh, bad. You got, you know what I'm saying, people... A much bigger talent pool. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, there's a lot of talent in Kenosha, um, but it's just people here don't, it's not like physical. Chicago yeah. was a whole nother level. Like, I'm getting, every time I go for a layup, I'm getting hit, I'm getting cracked like and they don't call no fouls so it's all it's physical you get you get used to playing physical like that and then you come back to Kenosha and it's like this is like easy yeah so but anyways best shape of my life um you know we're picking up full court defense people are in your face just clapping like talking shit on the court and it's like a whole nother level um but yeah I picked up uh think my the first live period I picked up an offer my first division one offer NCAA from Elkhorn State which is an HBCU college um, which was really cool it was my first offer um, we were on our ride back from from the game to the hotel everyone was sleeping and I was the only person awake which was kind of cool and coach Walt was like yo Tristan I got a phone call for you handed me the phone and it was the coach and he was like Man, I, w- I want you on my team. We're gonna offer you a full ride. I want you to come down and visit, blah, 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 all that. So that was a really cool moment because it felt like, wow, like all the work paid off. Got my first Division One offer. And then, um, so yeah. Then, like I said, best shape of my life. Um, I think the next tournament, that's when I picked up another offer from Southern Utah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, But then we are coming to July, which is the live period where, like the big live period where college coaches, every coach, every division one coach can come out and watch people 
watch people play because there's certain like periods where they can come out and they can't come out. Right. There's like rules. So July is the big month, and right before July hit, everything just fell off. Like, was one day I woke up and I just was like feeling like complete like garbage and I didn't know what was wrong with me so I went to the doctor and they did a little little like test where they little snap your little finger and then they get some blood boom they said I had mono and the doctor was like no more basketball for like at least a month or two and I'm looking I'm like what like I'm getting ready to go play in front of hundreds of division one college coaches that could potentially offer me. I'm in the best shape of my life. What do you mean I can't play? And he's like, you can't play. He's like, you have mono. Like your spleen is enlarged. You cannot play. If you get hit in the spleen and it like and it explodes inside you, you you die. And I'm just like, no. Like, are you serious right now? Like, just hearing that from the doctor was like, like my heart just broke. Cause I, I was so ready to like go in there and just kill everybody. Yeah. Like I was like, like I said, best shape of my life. Like it was insane. So that happened. If that would have never happened, I probably, I probably would have been somewhere playing basketball right now in a college. Wouldn't even be sitting here with you right now. That's so if I would have never had mono, yeah. So that happened. Um, so another setback that led to another big success. Exactly. So it was tough. Um, took it like a man, rested up, drank a lot of fluids, chilled at the crib. And I think three, two weeks go by and I go back to get a, I don't, I'm not sure if it was an ultrasound or, yeah, it was an ultrasound on my spleen, see if it was still enlarged. And it was still enlarged. And I was like, damn. So I wanted to play in the Vegas tournament, which is the last uh, weekend of July, which is the big tournament where every co- every college coach in the nation is in Vegas that weekend. I guarantee it, 100%. Wow. So, yeah, I went back two days before the Vegas tournament to the doctor, and he cleared me two days before Vegas. So and I was you, like, And you haven't been on a court. You hadn't worked out at this point in how long? three three or four weeks I think I got mono right before July so <clears throat> I haven't been on the court in like a month and how'd you feel physically dude because mono mono is like you f- you want to sleep all the time mm-hmm. you feel dead all the time so it was like I was finally feeling like decent but I was still feeling like super tired super just like drained and dead so um I just remember, I was like, man, I got two days to get in shape before this flight for Vegas. So I think I was at the Recplex for like, no exaggeration, like eight or 10 hours, both days, just trying to get in shape. Cause I remember the first day I went and I just, it felt weird shooting a basketball. Like it just didn't even feel, if like it felt weird. Like all the, mem- all the muscle memory was like gone. And I was like, God, this is like, this is not going to be good when I'm playing in front of these coaches. So. How'd you play? I played like ass. I played really bad. Um, A lot of the college coaches that were going to offer me 
stop stop calling me yep there's no there's they don't they don't know the story <coughs> they don't even want to know the story they they are evaluating based on what they see yeah right oh there. no it's yeah. a it's a business yeah, so absolutely big business if um if that if this kid's not performing we don't want him we'll move on to the next so it was like that um but yeah there was this one school i had one good game in vegas i think um yeah i had one good game and this NAIA school, it was crazy, dude. We were playing. It's and like you like, wish you could have wore a shirt that said, I just got over mono assholes. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everything happens for a reason, but. Absolutely. The, um, it was just, it was just cool. Like, even though I wasn't performing good, it was just cool because all the college coaches there, it was just a cool experience. And we were playing against all the top people in the nation, all the top teams. Um, but like, it's cool when you have like, Iowa State sitting right next to your bench, like all the my big man George Conde, he's uh, the center for Iowa State. Yeah, he had forty Division One offers. So from that weekend, winter. No, from oh. the whole summer. Okay. Um, forty plus Division One offers, and that was uh, it was cool because like, you know, coaches would come and see these people play, but then if someone else had a good game, they'd be like, oh, who's this kid? And then they'd pick up on you and start following you. So that's that's how like I kind of was getting some interest because I before the mono I was playing really good games in front of these college coaches that were coming to see other players on my team. So like everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody on my team had an offer. So it was pretty cool. That's um, an impressive team. Who's your yeah, coach? Who's your coach? Uh, coach Walt, Coach Walt, and Coach AJ, and Coach Darion. Um, yeah, they really. They, they, they knew how to get us prepared for playing at the next level. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, it was a cool experience, even though, like I said, I wasn't playing good, just yeah. to have like all these, co like I remember one game, dude, there was literally like 150 Division One college coaches sitting behind the hoop watching, 150. Like, it was just, it was like, even though I was playing bad, it was still cool to be there. Cool experience. So, but like, like I said, I had that one good game in Vegas. And that's when that NAI school, which I was committed to, Ottawa University, they started talking to me. And um, I eventually went to go out there to visit. And on my visit, they offered me a full ride. Um... So they were like, man, go home, talk to your parents about it, figure it out, let us know if you're coming or not, because if not, we're, we have to find a point guard. Right. We, need to, we need a starting point guard at this point. So I was like, all right. Went home, thought about it, um, talked to my dad, my mom, my brother, you know, just my whole family, and called them and told them I was coming and that I was committed and everything. Um, and then during the summer, after my, hmm, actually, no, I think I went on, I don't remember when I went, but I went down, I went down there to do like a, a workout with the team. Um, and it was pretty cool. I, I liked it. It was, it just, it was like, I was working out with them and it, it actually like felt good, like I was fine, like I was cool, I was chilling. And I don't know, everything, then I came home and I started doing my videos and stuff again, 
even even then I still had like a pretty big following like going down there sure. and the coaches knew that they knew uh, like they they follow me on Twitter and all social media and stuff so they saw everything that was going on um so came home started posting my videos again <clears throat> started uh grinding out the YouTube channel and things started to actually like take off on the YouTube channel and everyone's like, man, you got to keep doing YouTube. Like, all these people that do YouTube, they go to college and they drop out because they're making so much money. Sure. And I'm just like, yeah, we'll see. Like, my dream has always been to play college basketball, so I'll, we'll see what happens. So, um, yeah, Ottawa University, um, NAI Division One, down in Phoenix, Arizona. I was, like, all ready to go. Um <clears throat> You know, I kind of I kind of feel bad because the coaches stuck with me, like through when I had mono, all yeah. the way up till committing, um, always texting me, like making sure I was good. Um, you know, just always making me feel like when I go there, it's gonna be a home and everything's gonna be okay. So it was, it was like it was kind of, I don't know. I felt really like bad. Because two days before I was supposed to leave to go there, um, I don't even think I had 100,000 subscribers on YouTube yet, but it was it was slowly but surely going, and I was seeing a little bit of money at the time. Mm -hmm. So so walk me through that decision. So you're, you're, you're at this, obviously it was a decision that, that came to fruition, but you had to have that aha moment where you made that decision. Yeah, it was like, do I, because if I go, I, like, if I go to college, whatever college I was going to go to, if I was going to go to college, I'd have to do schoolwork. And I felt like schoolwork and all that, even games, practices, would, would get in the way of, like, making content. And, dude, I'm getting mess like hundreds of messages at the time daily of kids telling me, like, you're the reason why I go to the gym every day. You, like, thank you. You helped me get out of depression. Like, I've had kids tell me that I've cured them from, like, suicidal thoughts because of all the, like, stuff that I've been doing with positivity, motivating, and influencing these young kids trying to chase their dreams. So, it was like, do I go to college? And, yeah, it was like, do I go to college and forget about all this and say, forget about these kids and just play college basketball? Or do I, do I keep it rolling? And keep it going, like, because I was starting to build a little bit of a following and a brand off of it. And I felt like, in a way, these kids needed me to help them. I'm, like, even today, I'm getting thousands of messages a day from people around, around the world. Whether it's Europe, Africa, wherever wherever it's coming from, it's coming from all over so the world. So you're getting tweets, you're getting DMs, you're getting DMs, yeah. You're getting uh, mostly DMs on Instagram. Is that where most of your messages are coming? Yeah. From? Yeah. And even YouTube, what, whatever social Comments media it is, it. yeah, whatever thousands a day. How do you handle that? How do you handle all those messages and respond as many as you can and, and, and give that love back? It's I know that, that, it's hard. It's hard. I try to, you know, every once in a while, I respond to a few people. Um, it's hard though. It's really hard. Because I'm, I'm so focused on doing other stuff that I can't always respond to everybody. And it, it's course. it's hard for them to understand. Like They'll be like, oh, this, this kid thinks he's too cool to respond to you his don't fans. Have time to respond it's to like, people you know in real life sometimes, yeah, let alone yes, all the people that you've never met. Text messages, crazy. Um, 
Yeah, but anyways, so I had to I had to call my coach. I told my mom, I was like, yo, mom, I don't I don't think I want to go to college. Um Well she knew because I took my mom, my grandma, and my grandpa, my little brother, um, Dave was actually there, to a Chicago sneaker con event. And I wanted them to see like what I'm talking about. Cause you tell your mom like, Oh, I got a bunch of these fans, I got People like love me and they want they, like people come up to me and take pictures of me in public. She's like, oh yeah, all right. It's it's hard for people yeah. our generation who haven't grown up with that to grasp the gravity yeah. of how big that is. Yeah. So I took them to my little event in Chicago Sneaker Con and they they got to see with their own eyes all of these kids that are just in line waiting for pictures, autographs, like everyone just going crazy, and they got to actually see that. So I know by them uh, coming to that event, it changed their mind a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I told my mom, I was like, mom, I don't, and it, it was hard because everybody was, they kept telling me, you have to go to college. Mm-hmm. You have to go get an education. You're getting a free education. You have to go. Like, why are you even thinking about not going? And it was so hard for me because that's what everyone was kept telling me kept in my ear go to college go to college sure and I, I said the same thing to you when we went and did the gravzilla challenge yeah. like, why aren't you going to school and yeah. uh, I think I was just starting to get it right around yeah. that time and it was just so hard for me like dude my head like every day just thinking about it man I gotta call my coach like I pro- like five days before going to college I think I told my mom that and I was like mom I don't think I'm going um, and she's like, all right, call, call them, call the coaches and uh, talk to them. So I was so scared to do that. Like it was like, it was like probably one of the scariest moments of my life to call them and tell them that I wasn't coming because they've stuck with me through like the whole journey. Yeah. And it's like, I was going to come in and be the starting point guard right away. And it was like they've just stuck with me throughout them, and I've been—they've been loyal to me. I've been loyal to them, and it felt like I was just breaking that loyalty. And I'm all about loyalty. I like—I do not do anything to break anything like that ever. So it was a really hard position to be in. How did they react? Um. They. So this is what happened. I, I kept stalling. Like I'd tell my mom that I'd call them. And then I wouldn't, and then it'd be the next day. So then there's four days before I leave, and there was three days before I leave, and then this two days before I left. I was like, all right, mom, I'm about to call him right now. I, I just gotta do it. And I was like, mom, can you just come like sit next to me while I call them, so you could be by me, mom? Because it was a very like weird, scary situation. So I um, called. I actually called on the third night. My bad. Called on the third night, and I told the assistant coach. I was like. Coach, um, I didn't tell him that I wasn't coming, but I was like, yo, I think I said, like, I'm thinking about, um, I don't know if I'm coming anymore. I'm like, uh, I really think I can make something off of this, like, social media stuff and do something. Um, And I was just like, I'm not sure if I come to college that, uh, like, I'm not sure if it would work if I went to college and I try to do both, even with like practices and games coming up and all that stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna give you, tom- I'm gonna give you a call tomorrow um, with my final decision. And then 
call them tomorrow. So the night between you're saying that and the next day, did you have another conversation with yourself with, 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 and, and um, think it through or had you already made up your mind and you were just well, feeling the inevitable pain of telling it, it was just, I didn't want to tell any, I only told my mom and my dad. Um, I knew they were a little bit disappointed because I wasn't going, but I really, that's every parent's dream. But I really didn't want my grandparents to find out because they have been saving this college fund for me my whole life. Um, you know, my grandpa and grandma are always, my grandpa and grandma Srecki and my grandma Jass and even my, um, my grandpa Jass that passed away a couple years ago, like they've always preached education, education, education. You got to get education yeah. in order to get a job in life and at first, I was obviously going to college and everything, but then, like I said, I it just changed. But so yeah, that the time from the night that I called and then the next night, it was I was thinking about it for the next twenty four hours. I was just thinking about it the whole time. And boom, called them, um, called the assistant coach again, and he's like, he's like, hey Tristan, hold on, I'm gonna have. Uh, I'm gonna have Coach um, Coach Keeley hop on three-way call, which was the head coach, and I was like, "All right." So, just had to man up and let him know. So I told him, "Yo, I'm not coming." Um, and I knew they were mad because they thought, "Yo, it was two days before I was supposed to go there." You were their point guard, and yeah. I was their point guard, so they were a little frustrated with my decision. But um, I think they understand now. I think everybody understands now, or people, not everybody understands, but I, I'm sure a lot of people understand why I didn't go to college now, because they see all of the stuff that I'm doing. I have sat and I have read your comments, read comments that other people have put out there. Yeah. I'm a big fan of yours mm -hmm. as a human being, mm -hmm. first and foremost. I can see where you struggle with this decision. Would you say, and there's haters for everybody. Yeah, of course. What do you say to the people that say that you sold out for the short-term money and you sacrificed your long-term well-being? Because I've seen comments to that effect uh, from people out there. What is your answer to that? Because I'm sure you have one. You have to have one when you make a decision that with, with that much um, weight. First of all, you know what I'm saying? I got a work ethic like no other. So, you know I'm 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 getting the money right now for short term, yeah. as as people would say. If YouTube goes away tomorrow, um, I've built up all my other social medias to have followings. Mm -hmm. Instagram will probably start paying soon through IGTV. I don't know if you know that. Yep, Facebook's gonna start paying. Um, but throughout my journey so far, I've made a lot of connections in this industry whether it's Nike, Jordan, Under Armour, Adidas, what, whatever companies, whatever, you know what I'm saying, so. Is your future, no, is Tristan Jess's future one of an athlete who influences people through social media or is it as a social media influencer who happens to play basketball? Both. We're, gonna, we're just gonna keep rolling and see how it's going, but I would, like you said, like, I wanna, I wanna influence these kids. I wanna let them know it's okay to be, you know what I'm saying, post your talents. Cause people are afraid to post their talents. You, like 
Some people can sing, but they don't post. Like, social media is the thing right now. It is. Get your name out there by posting videos of what you're doing. And people are afraid to do that because of other people's opinions around them. Mm-hmm. You can't... You're you, going to block out the noise. Oh, 100%. If Once you block out the opinions, you can do whatever the hell you want. Like, because every... You have to have an IDGAF attitude every day when you get up. Dude, people are, people are going to have opinions on you whether you're doing good or bad. Yeah. So, what is... What's the point? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... Just go get that shit. More Stop opinions being... if you're doing good, really, when it comes down to it. <coughs> oh, of course, you know, yeah. I, you know, I'm a big follower of Gary Vaynerchuk, and I watch a lot of his content, and I read his book. And yeah, I was just talking to him. He wants to meet up in New York City. His office is in New York. Yep, yep, at so VaynerMedia. And he we'll talks about out. how once you start to get some haters, embrace that, because that means you got big enough to have some. And right. yeah, that's fuel, exactly. and that pushes you forward, and I, I found that to be uh, interesting. What are your future basketball plans? Because I imagine that there's that part, that heart inside you. You started off as yeah. you want to play basketball. What does what, what your future hold for basketball? Because um, you must have a vision for yourself. You yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I just want to keep entertaining the people. Um, you know, I got the crazy layup package. Yep. So it was cool to be in a, a NBA Live 19, the video game. That was another opportunity that came up for me. Um, but that was yeah. a fun experience, huh? Wearing, wearing the, the suit yeah. and yeah. having all the wires attached. Yeah. yeah, real cool. But I want to, what I want to do is, I've built a platform now. I want to use the platform for the good. And I want to, I want to keep giving back to the community. I want to keep doing things for kids. I want to keep, I want to keep these kids motivated so they can chase their dreams. Because obviously I had the dream of going to college and playing basketball, but other opportunities came up for me. Sure. And I want to take these opportunities and help other, I want to help millions of people. You know what I'm saying? We're on the same page, my friend. Like millions of people. Because, I mean, people have the platform I have, but these kids are like, it's almost like, like it's crazy how many messages from little kids that I get telling me they're depressed. And like, what can I do? And it's like, damn, like kids are depressed, like 12 year old, like 13, like what is going on in this world? So I want to, man, I just want to cure all that and just keep putting out positive messages and just keep helping these kids get through these obstacles so they can chase their dreams. I saw you did with Ryan, Ryan Shutson, yes. the boy who had the, uh, open heart surgery yeah a couple surgeries it just so happens that his his mom actually worked for me and my family business when I, yeah you know, when we were in our 20s so that would came as a big shock and i saw yeah. you bring it up to milwaukee and doing all the tricks and it, it warmed my heart to see that you're because it's not the first time that i've seen you do that where you're, you're you're putting yourself out there and helping people yeah and that's that's a side of you that i think if people are just watching random videos and they're not paying attention that that they don't get is how much about and you brought up today now several times how much of a heart you carry for other people yeah i admire that about you yeah thank and you and that is i think at the core of, of who you are what is driving you you know, that's going to drive you forward more than anything else is is continuing to care continue to have some sort of mission that you're striving for. And I imagine that mission is going to change 19 times in the next 19 years. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're halfway there right now. If you had to sum up who Tristan Jazz is in three words, what would you say Tristan Jazz is? Um, motivator, for sure. 
Um, Cause motivation is the, like what I'm spreading out through like all these kids, um, inspirational and um, I'm just gonna go with two, motivational and inspirational. Awesome. Yeah, I just, I wanna change the world, man. Whether it's basketball, whether these kids wanna be a doctor, teacher, whatever they wanna be, they can, they can be it if you put your mind to it. That's good stuff. What are your th- What are your two words you use to describe Tristan Jess after training him? Wow, to sum it up into two words is, doesn't give it justice. But no, but you only got two. Oh. You got <laughs> only got two. Yeah, uh, insane work ethic, which is three words, but that's okay. One phrase. We'll take uh, that as a phrase. Yeah, insane worth work ethic, um, loyal. Loyalty is, is, I mean, he talked about it a little bit, but, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of athletes and, and some of them ha- have had the good trait of being loyal, but the loyalty that, that he has to not only the people that are close to him, but the people that are reaching out to him is, it's unprecedented. You, you see it, especially when people start getting that fame, they start to push away people. Um, Tristan hasn't done that. Awesome. He hasn't done that. Yeah. Oh. So I don't, I don't let the, like, the fame like get to me at all. Just keep it rolling, man. I'm the same person that I was two years ago. Sure. Just got a name now, so. (laughs) You had a name then. To me, the name is the same because you're the same Tristan Jass that was 10 years old that was hitting kids so hard their grandma was feeling it. Yeah, I got the hardest hit award. (laughs) You did get the hardest hit award from John Lynn. Shout out to John Lynn out there. John Lynn, my man. I was just, I just seen him last night, actually. (laughs) My man. Awesome. Well, you went out to the house in uh, California, the what house? The, the Two Hype House. The Two Hype House. Yeah. Let's talk about the Two Hype House. What was that yeah. like? So, that was, uh, it was crazy because, like I said before, how like I manifested all this stuff happening, I've always watched the Two Hype videos, and I've always like, man, I'm going to eventually be out at this, at their house and make videos with them. I don't know if it's in a month, two months, it could be in a year. Whenever it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'm going to eventually be out there. So just being out there making videos, it was like, it was just crazy. Because, like, these are all basketball YouTubers kind of doing the same stuff as me a little bit. What did you learn from Um, them? I learned a lot of stuff about YouTube specifically. Um, Like, different ways. Like, it's all about the thumbnail and title of the video to grab, excuse me, people's attentions. And just a lot of stuff about YouTube. Um, it's his I, own animal, isn't it? It's crazy. YouTube's crazy. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot. Uh, it was just cool to be out there with them. Real cool. How was the competition basketball-wise? Um, I haven't played um, Christopher London yet. He's 6'10". He just had soldier, uh, shoulder surgery. But um, I did play Jesser which is, like, one of the top guys in the group. Got it. Um, yeah, he started off the game pretty hot. We played 1v1 for his for his YouTube channel. He started off, like, 6-0. to zero. He hit, like, three threes in a row. He banked one in. Banked one in. <laughs> and then... A little prayer. Yeah, and then I just... I came back and won. Um, played Zach TTG, who... What is... He's a 2K gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he also plays basketball real cool. All these dudes are cool. Like, they're all just cool dudes. So played him 1v1. Um, it was a good game because he's a little bigger than me, so he could body me in the post. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, I won that game, too. And then played Mopey. Mopey is a Fortnite gamer. I don't know if you know what Fortnite is. Yes, of course I do. Um, he. I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, no, nah, he he's like one of the top Fortnite gamers. So we did a little a little game where he would play a game of Fortnite, and however many kills he gets, that's how many points he starts off with the one v one. Ah. So he got seven kills, I believe, and we started off the game seven zero. He won, and um, I played him in flip flops, and then I came back and won. I think like eleven eight. In flip flops. Yeah. But he's a gamer. He doesn't really yeah, play basketball. I understand. Basketball. I understand. Um, but, but yeah, just to like mix up Fortnite. I could walk on a basketball court with flip flops. Mm. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. What is your, if you could collaborate with anybody out there, famous basketball player or non-basketball player, right now you could pick somebody to go do something with, somebody you've never met before and they don't even, you know, maybe they know you exist, maybe you don't, who, who would it be? Dude, I, it's weird because like, I've, I've met a lot of people that I would probably do it with. Um, I mean, I would collab with Drake 100%, but I've already met him. Sure. But if, man, if someone that I haven't met... Let's say it wasn't even a 1v1 game. I mean, is there, like, if, if, if you could pick someone where they're even bigger right probably now, like, chase, like, dude, per, would you go to dude perfect and say, let's oh, do something cool? I mean, dude, 100%. I was talking to one of the, uh, Brody Smith, the dude that does the frisbee. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to him. He's at, he actually lives in Dallas. We're going to Dallas tomorrow, and we got a couple uh, free days, so yeah. might have to link with him. Thanks for bringing that up. No problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dude Perfect, definitely. LeBron, Kobe. Dude. So you're going to have a cookout yeah. tomorrow, and you're going to pick five past or current NBA players to come to your cookout. You can only pick five. Five. Um, yep. You, you, in fact, you're going to build your you, you, yeah, you're gonna build your fantasy dream team, but not, not to play. Not, yeah, yeah. Just pick, to talk pick, to? Just to talk to and hang out. and uh, Yeah. Uh, John Stockton, Pistol Pete. Maravich, um, so many. You got to fill. You got to fill the five. Yeah. by position. Oh, by position. By position. Yeah. Dual point guards. Yeah. No, no, they're not going to play together. <laughs> but you're just going to pick your favorite for each position. You get to pick one for each position, and you're going to have a cookout with them. Who are they going to be? Man, I don't even know. Man. Who's your center? I don't even know, Ralph. <laughs> um, Let it be said here that I stumped Tristan Jess on basketball for a moment. For a moment. He's going to come back and, and kick my ass with something really good here. I know he is. <laughs> nah. Um, I don't even know because I, I just like I like John Stockton, Pistol Pete, Kobe Bryant, um, Steve Nash, and... Uh, I'm saying white chocolate. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Williams. So, I mean, those are like pretty much point guards. But well, mine would have to just be Ku Coach, Longley, Rodman, <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> Pippen. <Yeah. laughs> 
I just want to yeah. get the original nostalgia. Five, you know? yeah. huh? nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah. Nostalgia. That, that just yeah. shows you the generational gap and how, how old I am. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need anybody else. Just... Arguably the best team of all time, you know? That's, uh... Arguably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, the game was different. Yeah. And that's, that's for sure. Sport, other sports. Other sports. Yeah, um, if, you, if you were going to go play another sport right now, and which one do you think you'd be most competitive at besides basketball? Hmm. That's a good one. Um. By the way, that'd be a mad idea to go start playing like other sports against people yeah. that are in their sport, and then have them come on the basketball court after. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something in the plans. Um, probably like, dude, there's so many sports I just like playing like. Ping pong, bowling, golf, uh, figure skating, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's get it. Hell yeah, hockey. I'll, I'll do whatever. Yeah, um, I'm not that nice at hockey, but uh, rollerblading is pretty dope. Um, I did gymnastics when I was a kid, all the way up till I think it was like kindergarten through fourth or fifth grade. Dude, I was a little swole dude from that. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Do you follow UFC? Baseball, football, UFC. Yeah. Who's your guy? Um, I kind of, I just like, you know, what I'm saying, I, I like Floyd Mayweather. Um, he's obviously not in UFC. Yeah. But <laughs> you like his workout? I'll bet no. you like your first work ethic more than anything. No, it's because I was in his celebrity basketball game out in at UCLA ah, over it. the summer. Um, but yeah, Conor McGregor. Um, he's just a funny, funny dude. Like he's just goofy, so I like him. Do you know about the Wisconsin guy that got in the, this year, Ben Askren? Do you know who Ben is? No. Y'all have to check him out. He was a uh, two-time NCAA champion as a wrestler. Really? He was on the Olympic team, and he coaches kids, which is very cool. Like, yeah. He's a big inspiration to kids. He's got his, uh, his own gym? gym up in Milwaukee. Really? And the story is he was the Bellator welterweight champion, mm-hmm. and he was undefeated. Mm-hmm. And him and Dana White gotten some boring – They got some, first of all, he started calling Dana White on not uh, testing their athletes for PEDs which is something else we could probably talk about yeah. for hours. <laughs> and we'll have to. And so Dana White didn't like him, so then he fired back with, anytime I want to go to sleep, I watch this guy fight because wrestlers are boring, they don't hit and all that. Well, then he went undefeated and he wouldn't sign him. And then after that, he uh, went to one out in uh, Singapore and was fighting there and was undefeated again. And then he was retiring completely and said, I'm done because he, he got the job as the coach for Wisconsin kids that are doing uh, you know, international styles for the state as the state coach. And Joe Rogan gets him on his show and basically shames Dana White into hiring him or into signing him mm-hmm. finally. And uh, he's a very cool guy, very pro, you know, very kid-oriented. That's why yeah. I, you know, I, I make the connection. Uh, he did this really, really funny video a couple of years back where he did a parody of the Adele song, Hello, mm-hmm. and uh, made, fun of, uh, made fun of Dana White, which I think is funny. <laughs> now he got signed, and he's going to be fighting Robbie Lawler in in Vegas uh, beginning of March, and uh, super pumped. We're talking about getting him on this show sometime mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks as well. I figure I better do it now before he becomes a champion. He's too busy and too mm-hmm. famous. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm bullish on the guy. You got you got to check the guy out because he's a fellow Wisconsin guy, and uh, that's been you know it, it 
there's hold up. There's the sport that I was trying to tell you when you were a kid. I'm good thing you didn't listen because yeah. you went to basketball because it's uh, you've really you've really done well there. Yeah. But so many, so many good athletes coming out of Wisconsin, so many different sports mm-hmm. the last couple of years, and it's exciting to see yeah. a lot of a lot of young athletes grow up and, and grow out of this. And Wisconsin value seems to stay with people. Mm-hmm. One of the things I noticed about this guy is he's a smart ass. But if if it if it was WWE, he'd be the good guy, not the bad guy. If you know what I mean, he's, yeah. he's got that that attitude where he'll. He'll, he'll be a smart ass, but he's not going to be dirty and nasty either. And and I like that. And I, you know, same way, you know, you're, you you present yourself well. I think that Wisconsin seems to have some good values 100%. That, that that get instilled in people. And to not lose that when you go away doing the things that you're doing, I think, is a really important piece. We talked about education. Everybody's been pounding on you about how you need to get an education. How do you how do you anticipate educating yourself along the way without getting well, a formal education? Well, here's the thing. Um, throughout like my journey and what I've been doing, I've learned a lot, whether it's about business, money, investing, whatever, whatever it is, I've learned a lot. Um, and it almost feels like I, I just got, um, a new accountant to help me do my, all my stuff like taxes and everything. And we went, when I first met him, we went out to lunch just to talk about the stuff that I'm doing and everything. So he gets a better understanding and it felt like. I learned like four years of college in like an hour, just everything sure. he was telling me. And it's almost like, I don't know, for some people, they'd rather learn in the classroom. But for me, I'd rather learn things in real life, in real life situations than sit in a classroom and listen to someone talk about it. So like whether it's whether it's like like now we're talking about stuff um whether it's I'm out in LA and I meet a meet a business owner and we go out to lunch and he tells me about all the business stuff whatever it is I've just been learning so much and it's like do I need a degree or do can I just no, keep it rolling not. like I'm, I'm talking about purely not from a knowledge standpoint Yeah you know I'm saying like yeah. if like do I really need a degree or do I just keep it rolling like and keep learning as we go cuz I like to learn things trial and error if I fail at something Good. I'm happy that I failed. So next time I do it, I know how to do it the right way instead of failing. So that's how I just keep. I just keep doing it by that. And that's, like I said, I'd rather learn it in real life than sit in a classroom and hear hear someone talk about it. What is the biggest failing? The biggest learning experience that that you draw from at this point in your life? Where, where, um, I have one, but we might have to talk about it after the show. That's fine. Um, trying to think of a different one. Um. Well, I'll just give you an example of what it could be. Um, at first, I didn't know how much I was worth, so I did a deal with some somebody where I got X amount of money when I could have got X amount of money. Sure. And learned from my mistake. And in the world of influencing, it's a very open market right now. You oh, can't, it's, it's, there's no yeah. standard right. amount. Well, I mean, you can tell like on the views, like or whatever, but it's like I just. When I when I, when that happened, I didn't know. So I took this amount of money, which to me was a lot of money, when I could have gotten this amount of money. It wasn't me you're talking about, is it? No, 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 no. We'll get to that. <laughs> no, no. So, um, yeah, we're we're talking a lot of money. Yeah. So it was big stuff. Yeah. 
I, I didn't know. I didn't, yeah, big brand stuff. I didn't know. Um, one of the other guys that did it told me he got paid this much. I'm like, what? I was like, I got paid. <laughs> you got paid that, and I'm getting more views than you? Like, how he does. Know? Yeah, because he knew, like, how to talk. Because I'm a, dude, I'm. I just turned 19, you know, last year I was 18, still new to all this business stuff. I got sure. all these brands just hitting me up to do deals. And it's like, shit, do I need a manager? Or like, I don't know how to talk to businesses to get more money out of whatever deal. And it, Does the brand matter to you? Does it have to be a brand you I mean, you, do you look at if it's a brand um, that you believe in way more than you're going to negotiate differently than if it's a brand you haven't heard of or you don't really care about? Um, it depends. If it's a brand that is like, it's kind of like mine where like it's inspirational, motivational. I mean, like at this point, I'm just doing stuff for fun and for the youth and everything. Sure. If the money comes, the money comes. Um, obviously, I have to be doing something that I like and that's fun because if I'm sitting in an office all day and working and getting paid, whatever... That's not fun to me, and I probably wouldn't want to be doing that. I don't see you ever doing that. So, <laughs> I yeah. think you're already past that for the rest of your life. Yeah, so we're just keeping it, keeping it going and seeing what happens. What other areas besides athletics? What other subjects do you want to dabble into as you as you grow as a person? What other subjects? What, yeah, what, what, what other... Right now, everything is basketball videos, and I'm sure that's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. But um, what, well, what well, is 45-year-old Tristan Jazz going to be making videos about? Shoot. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see when I get there. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll be a CEO of a company or something. Sure. I, don't, I don't know, but... Already are? Um, yes, you already are. Yeah. Um, who knows? I'm just... The thing is with YouTube, though, a lot of these YouTubers... Um, me and my homie Trent talk about this all the time, my little brother, because they've been watching YouTube and like learning about YouTube more than I have. Right. And they know more about it than I even know. I've been and studying I, the shit out of it because I'm, I'm, I'm not wildly, insanely talented yeah. at anything, so I better be good at how to, how to use it and teach other people. Yeah, and it's like I'm the YouTuber, and you guys know more stuff about it than I do. So, but yeah, we've been doing some um, well, research. Mean, you, you think about movies, the producer. Is probably going to know a hell of a lot more about movie making than the leading actor. Yeah. But the leading actor is the content. He is the show. He can't do it without them. They can't do it without the talent. Yeah. You're the talent. Yeah. And now you have to learn how to everything else around being the talent, how to be the businessman, how to be the producer. And then some actors end up becoming directors. Some of them stay actors their whole life. So it's, it's, it's leveraging that talent that you have as long as you can and as hard as you can and surrounding yourself constantly with people that are smarter than you in different areas so that yeah. you can learn from them. I think that that's probably one of the most important things that all of us can do is always seek out people that are that are ahead of us in what right. we're doing and doing something, one discipline of what we're doing and, and, and the aspect yeah. that we want. And that's more important than a, than a college degree. You know, even arguably more important than a high school degree is you know who you're surrounding yourself with, who you're at, who oh, you're yeah. getting your you, information dude, from. You are who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. It's simple as that. If you're hanging out with a bunch of bums, chances are you're a bum. Yep. If you hang out with five millionaires, chances are you'll be the sixth millionaire. Yep. And that's how I go by. I just surround myself with good people that want to get it as much as I do. And especially when I'm in out like out in LA or wherever I'm at, it's always. 
I'm always surrounded by big business people, um, you know, people that are doing the same thing as me, but much bigger than me that I can learn from and just keep it rolling. But um, back to the what we were talking about, the YouTube thing, what am I going to do? Um, I want to, um, I've been doing different videos, whether it's like social experiments where like, we did a video where we dropped $30,000 on the floor and see how people reacted in Walmart. So like, I laughed my ass off. Like I said, how my little brother and my homie Trent, they know more about YouTube. They were telling me that some YouTubers fall off because they keep posting the same type of videos and it gets old. Sure. So I want to branch out and build different audiences. Obviously, my sport is basketball. Right. But I've built a thing now where we've been doing, we've been doing obstacle course videos. We've been doing, we did a Nerf gun video where we shot targets, ping pong videos. We can literally do like whatever videos. So I just want to branch out and build different audiences. Maybe I'll do a soccer video, a football video, a tennis video, whatever it is, we'll, sure. we'll, uh, we're just going to keep it rolling and see what happens. So do you find yourself seeking out younger, talented kids in other sports and, and bringing them in? I mean, you've talked a lot yeah. about motivating. Is yeah. that something you see yourself doing when, when, you, when you, as you transition to a mentor role is help helping other kids do the same thing or do yeah. the same thing? Yeah, so whether it's me, every person that comes up to me and takes a picture, I always tell them, like, keep working hard, whatever you put your mind to you can do and don't listen to what other people are saying that you can't do so like I just I just try to motivate people every day and just keep inspiring even if it's me on a video telling kids that or if it's me in person when they come up to ask for a picture whoever it is I just tell them the same thing keep working hard man where's your biggest audience outside of the United States right now do you know um dude I get messages from dude every country literally Everywhere, messages from everywhere. You have countries that you want to travel to as uh Oh yeah, I want to go down to like, I want to go everywhere, dude. Like, I just want to see the sights, uh, like everything. I'm saying Europe, Africa, South America. I want to go everywhere. I just want to, like the professor, the basketball player, the professor. I don't know if you know him. I know um, who he is. I don't. Yeah. Know, but I don't he. Uh, I didn't know who he was till until you came along. Yeah, he goes. I, I, I'm I'm learning shit just from watching just from watching yeah. your videos. He'll travel around awesome. the world and play basketball like everywhere, whether it's in the jungle or if it's basketball court right next to the Eiffel Tower, wherever it is. I I want to go do that thing. That'd be cool eventually, to do like a like a tour around the world and just go play basketball, make cool videos. Whether it's like the ocean, cool waterfalls, going through the jungle, just exploring and having a good time. Talk about playing basketball. Do you miss being in that full team environment on a regular basis? Um, a little bit. A little bit, but we started I to bring it back last night a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we got this new yeah. series coming. It's called Pop Up Five V Five. Oh, yeah. did awesome. episode These one two guys are night. in it. You guys are basketball players? That's yeah, Josh hey. Washburn, yeah. Zach Detloff. Grab, grab the, is that is that set for photos? Grab, grab these guys and get them in real quick so we can introduce. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to, a couple of Tristan's friends here. Mm -hmm. Tell us, introduce yourselves, guys. Tell, tell us who you are. Uh, here, matter of fact, take my microphone. Pull up the chair, dog. Oh, All right. You're going to have to share a microphone there and get in on one. 
It's all right. It's all good. It's all good. But, uh, yeah. Welcome to Get Real with Ralph. What's your name? Zach. Zach. Oh, Zach Riedel, yeah. Okay. You, where are you from? I'm from Kenosha, Wisconsin. I went to Indian Trail okay. for high school. Yep. Shout, out basketball to, player? shout out to yeah, Coach L. Yeah, shout out to Coach shout L. Out for coach real. L. Great, Great coach. coach. Great coach. I'm Josh Washburn. I also went to Indian Trail, played basketball there. Okay. From Kenosha. So you guys are part of this pop-up 5 and 5 Yeah. yeah we so we got the series going. Pop-up 5v5 filmed episode one last night. And what we're going to do is we're going to pull up to random basketball courts and just play 5v5 against people. And it's called Pop-Up 5v5. I like it. And we're just going to have fun. I like it. Playgrounds all over. Coming to a playground near you, huh? Man, we might, you never know. We might be in uh, Europe next year on random courts, yeah. hooping. Who knows? That's great. What's your position? Whatever, man. Yeah. We out here. We just running it. I could be in the post. He could be running the point. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So we filmed that last night. We don't like Dave. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, Dave. Yeah, right. Are you playing too? Yeah, of course. Of course, you know. So you got a grandpa? Yeah. Yeah. I got to show him that, you know, as you get older, you can still play and have fun with it. I think you should just be Grandpa Dave. Yeah. I mean, that would be be fun. Yeah. Because you're almost as old. Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew. Yes. Yes. That's good stuff, man. That's good what? stuff. So how long have you guys been, uh, is this your first uh, role at doing videos? Uh, yeah, this will be my first YouTube video. I was, uh, I participated in the half court challenge you did. When okay. You yeah. $1,000. Yeah. I, I was second place. I got 300 So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That was dope. Yeah. Yeah. For that. yeah, my man. That was a fun event. That was a fun event. So here you are. We talked about loyalty and you're bringing some guys along with you that you yeah. probably have known your whole life. Pretty much, and high, throughout high school, I'd say creating new creating new ways to put content out there because content is king, yeah. and uh, you content keep... is key. <laughs> yeah. All right, content is key. Major key. Major key. What do you uh, What do you hope to accomplish with your pop up five v five? Other than get mass amounts of people to watch, but what's What's uh, going to be different about that? Yeah, so we're just pulling up to random courts, whether it's UW Milwaukee, UW Whitewater, wherever it is. We're just that was some of our ideas where we just pull up and play. But we're just gonna pull up to random places. When it gets warmer, we'll go to some outdoor courts, play some fives. Um, yeah, the goal is just to have fun with the bros and make a couple memories with videos. Who knows? Maybe you can get some celebrity retired NBA players and uh, get them to come play. Chop them. Hundred percent. Chop them up. We might pull up to the Bulls <laughs> practice or something, <laughs> the Bucks practice, and run a five yeah. v five. Who knows? That's good but, stuff. Um, yeah. That's yeah. You don't have to go to the NCAA, you know, to enjoy playing basketball. You don't have to go pro. You know, there's a lot of different avenues that. Or sure. That you can do and yeah. and open runs. Oh, know, I also I also want to say something for all the kids out there. Um, just because I didn't go to college doesn't mean you guys aren't going to college. Um. I had a couple opportunities that not a lot of people get. So your guys' goal should to be to go to college and get the education. Um, I know before I said I like to learn stuff in real life, um, but that's that's not the case for everybody. You know, so if you guys want to go play college basketball, go play tennis and basketball or tennis in college, uh, golf in college, whatever it is, football, baseball. Go and chase the dream, and maybe some opportunities will come up for you like they did for me. Maybe not. Go to college and get the education. Right. Good stuff. That's that's what I'm preaching though, because 
if this if the opportunities didn't come up for me, I'd still be going to college, hundred percent. And you were college ready. You had yeah. grades. You yeah. had the, you, you did everything you needed to do to get yourself to college. Yeah. And that was uh, what happened. And you know, I remember t- telling my kids this: is they said, "Well, I, I want options." I'm like, "The harder you work, now the more options you have." Like, yeah. Oh, you yeah. worked so hard that you had options. Yeah. We talked about being the same work ethic. I'm, I'm sure you worked hard in the classroom as well. Obviously, or you wouldn't be getting uh, opportunities at, at some of these bigger, you know, at some of these bigger schools that you did. Mm-hmm. What's um? I'm gonna have to take a <laughs> take a deep breath here. Wow, <laughs> you got me quiet. Yeah. So we're just keeping it rolling, Ralph. Rolling with Ralph. Rolling with rolling Ralph. With, but that's a, that's a whole other series. Yeah. Like, we're, we're rolling. Rolling. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got I got a second through and we roll in the car and we sing and we do crazy. Oh, <laughs> we're going to get okay. the 5v5 squad in the van and sing. Yeah. I'll get yeah. a van. Oh, you could drive us to the gym. We'll sing on the way there. It's like carpool karaoke kind of. We just get in there and we sing. So that would be uh, that would be a lot of fun. You know what else would be cool? And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spitballing out here. But imagine if you took each of the five people and you said, okay, we're going to go out to playgrounds and we're going to draft kids, like just a one-day draft, yeah. and we're going to see who who ends up having the best squad of kids. Yeah, like, I think like and one, and one did that. Like do, it, do, do like brackets. Yep. So yeah. you would have to, you'd need six, yep. obviously. So or we could do, do like uh, pull up to random courts and do kids tournaments where the, all their homies make a squad and right. they yeah. put their squad and they do yeah. some money. We usually just say, yeah. anybody wants to play in this tournament, you have to be doing this age and this age and show up. Yep. And then you take, and, and you, now you guys have a competition. Who can draft and coach the best yep. team just based on how these kids look? Yeah. You don't know anything about them. Hey, yep. Ralph, would you, ever, would you ever play a 1v1 video? With you? Yeah. Y- you would kick my ass, but I would do it. Yeah. Dude, we'll find a way to get you some points to start out with, you know? Oh, we could, yeah, yeah we well, could. I'm not going to start off 0-0. Zero, zero. You give me two points for every difference between us in height. <laughs> That's a deal. <laughs> you right. won. You won. Came <laughs> <You won. laughs> <You won. laughs> over. Well, we don't know how much we played up to. <laughs> hundred. Yeah, hundred. If, it's, if it's over like twenty one, I guess we're playing to fifty. Cause well, exactly. Well, uh, we'll have to. Yeah, every, every inch I get a point. Or yeah, maybe yeah. a point for the. Because I mean, you're having me on your show. I got to have you on my show. I would love to do that, man. That would be, even if it's not one v one, we'll figure something out. I'll, yeah. Listen, you get your I, five, you get a five. I will do yeah. any. Yeah. I just went under yeah. hypnosis t- this morning on on my show. Mm. I plan on getting a tattoo on my show. I mean, I I want to go out and bring the camera with me. And experience stuff that might, maybe I haven't experienced before, and take people along for the ride. Yeah, that, that, that's people can that's, learn from that. People can learn from it. It's a fun experience. Uh, yeah, give me like about you know seventy-two hours to practice and get in shape <laughs> because uh, you know I'm forty-six. So we can I get you in shape. Go. We can get you in shape. Yeah, you know maybe maybe what we can do is we can have Dave get me in shape for a couple of weeks, and we can do like oh, a before yeah. and after. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, see see if yeah. I can do would have like a baseline. I'll play. We'll set a handicap based on how bad you beat my ass, and then uh, we'll come back ninety days later yep. at whatever, however many points you beat me by. You gotta spot me by them, unless obviously if it's ten nothing, I don't know what we're gonna do then. Every point you score is a hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. Yeah. To our charity of choice. Yep. Yes. All right. That's yep. fun. That's fun. We could we could definitely do that. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing how minds just come together, and that's one of the things that you, you talked about manifesting things in your mind and making them happen. I'm going to challenge you now to some, some things that I think will help you further your own education as a human being, not your education as in getting a degree. Okay. There's a book called Think and Grow Rich. Already got it. Got it. Perfect. You talked about the Mastermind Alliance. Yes. We're, we're masterminding right now. We're doing it in front of people. 
Yep. Really, really important. There is The Secret, which I'm sure you've already read or watched, which is basically the more modern version of that. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about financial education. Robert Kiyosaki wrote the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if you've read that, but no. that talks about how to create cash flow for yourself. Mm-hmm. And these are all things not only should you master, but by mastering it, you can teach that to, to other people mm-hmm. out there. One of the biggest challenges with our education system is it does nothing to get people out of financial education. It basically teaches people how to just get along and stay in the rat race, how to get a job, be productive, trade dollars for hours. Yeah, live the regular lifestyle. Live the regular lifestyle, and it's anybody like, who wants to break out of that can. It's just a matter yeah. of, first you have to believe it and go after yeah. it, but it, it yeah, gives you strategies some, for some doing that. Some people are stuck, dude. They, stuck I, in know, the I, system. Just, I feel bad. It's like a, it's like, yeah, it's like a system. It's like all these people grow up to live a regular human lifestyle where you go to college, get your law education, you're in debt right out of college, yeah. you're not getting paid that much right out of college unless it's some whatever. And this, this the yeah. tuition and the student loan debt is a scam. Yeah. I yeah. truly believe that. You have doctors that are in debt 10 years after finishing med school. It's, a, it's not what you think it is when you're, when you're growing up. You know, you look at some of these these people and you think you're gonna make a certain amount of money, you come out, you know, even even I got a college education and I thought, you know, there would be all these avenues that would be open for me because I you know, I got the education and, and there isn't, you know, you can you can be you can work your, your butt off and still have limited opportunities. That's why you gotta have faith. You really have to have self belief and that's the one mm-hmm. things I see with these just three these three athletes here is they really do believe in themselves and it's it's taken them places that other people can't go but you know, it's it's part you know part belief and then part work. It's not it's not one thing. It's a it's a bunch of things that go into it. Um, I believe I can score a basket. Yeah, I believe you can too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. <laughs> might just throw one up. Might, there might just injure him. <laughs> That's cool, but then you have to wrestle me. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> I know you know how to wrestle though. I don't you know wear, how to wrestle. I know, but you gotta wear a singlet and everything. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, Frank, you know, Frankie Garcia. I know Frankie very well. Um, he taught, he had that little mat room in his house back when we were like really good friends. Yeah. We still really are good friends, but, um, he's coaching at Trumper now. He's yeah. One of yeah. That's what he told me. That's pretty, that's, that's awesome. Frankie, we, we mentioned you, you got to watch this now and tell everybody you're on it. Shout out to my boy, Frank. Yeah. So shout out to my boy, Frank. Um, so my man taught me the double leg and the single leg back in the day, so that's all I got in the bag for wrestling. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you'll probably kick my ass. I don't know. I'm. You probably outweigh. What do you weigh? Uh, one sixty-five. Yeah, you got twenty-five pounds on me. If if uh, I don't, I don't know the moves down. though. You know all the moves. Yeah, I know. It'll be but it'll be a challenge. Technique. Try, yeah. Technique, Technique over strength. Well, if we really want to, if we really need something, we'll bring you in the Parkside wrestling room. With the Parkside boys? Or we bring out the boxing gloves. No, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Box your ears in. <laughs> yeah, I know about that. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. Oh, we're bringing the Parkside wrestling yeah. with the Parkside team. That would be cool. It would, it would, get, the, it would get the team some notoriety, but it would be mm-hmm. fun for you, too. There's uh, four had, or five kids in there. That we've had a little notoriety in the last two years. Yeah, well, they've been the, one of the premier D2 teams in the country yeah. lately. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a guy that just graduated last year who is helping coach now, Nick Becker. He's... Been NCAA champion several times. His brother Craig, who is also a coach there, is a two-time NCAA champion. They really have put together a, a killer program that's that's gained national attention. I think it's the number two ranked Division two program in the country right now. Yeah. That's dope. Like suspended or? 
No, that was just for one season, and uh, that was they were yeah they were only suspended from the from the team, tournament the team NCAA tournament, yeah. which really sucked for it was because of something that happened with the wrestler, mm-hmm. but because it's an individual tournament, the individual wrestlers got to go to the NCAA tournament, and the basketball players didn't because it was a team sport. Yep. So it was kind of, and then the, the lady who screwed up is yeah. also one that reported them, and then she resigned. Yep. So I know they've, they've had some issues. They had some issues with Grant uh, Johnson when he transferred. He was supposed to be good to go, and they found out after a whole year playing Winona that the coach didn't sign off on the papers. And these are situations that the um, NCAA needs to handle better. You know, you, you can't have these young athletes, you know, at the fingertips of adults making mistakes. It's not right. No, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, not right to pu- it's not right to punish those students not. the, the following year. They're kids. I mean, you, you know, they expect 18-year-olds to be making grown decisions, but they're in a system where they're, they're following the lead of these adults, and it comes down to what these adults are doing. And, you know, it, it can be used for positive, but a lot of times, you know, we can see, you know, we see the negative, and it's just not right. You know, these things need to be handled better. And Negativity. And, yeah. Uh, Let's talk NCAA about the negativity going on. <laughs> the NCAA is a gangster organization. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just and I don't mean that in a good way. Like, this right. gangster right. and hey, you know, they're, they're a bunch of criminals. Right. The things that they do... And I'm sure there's, you know, there's good people in, in the NCAA. There's good people in the front office and, and whatnot, but, you know... The institution and, itself sucks. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a hard How thing to get How are you going to tell me that, as an athlete, I can't make money on doing YouTube videos? Right that have nothing to do with me playing for your right. team because I was already making well, money. Well, Ralph, check it out. If I go NCAA and I'm the number one prospect in the nation, they take my last name and put it on a jersey. Right, and, and they sell it. A bunch of money, and you get nothing. Right. That's what is that? Slavery. And then you show up at an uh, event, and they find out, and you get suspended. Yeah. Somebody got, in, somebody got in trouble for somebody selling T-shirts with their name on it, and they didn't even know that person was selling T-shirts with their name on it. Was it Marvin Bagley? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Like a private was third party sold Yeah, like somebody he didn't even know was selling the T-shirts, and he got in trouble for that. And it's that kind of stuff that the NCAA has to handle better. There's no review process yeah. for the NCAA at all right now. They, they just have free reign to yeah. do whatever they want. To They're just making they billions of dollars. They're making billions of dollars off of institutions that are already funded by the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who's, the, who's there to fight for that, you know, you, that, that Parkside men's basketball team or, or, or women's basketball team when they're trying to go to the tournament and, they, and they're getting suspended for something that they didn't do? You know, who's there to hear their voice? You know, that's just, everybody should have a say, you know, right or wrong. You should be able to speak your, speak your piece. And, you know, it's I think like, between unionization and class action lawsuits, there should really be a, 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 a backlash against mm-hmm. them. There, there really needs to be a, an awareness campaign. Mm-hmm. And then there needs to be a there needs to be some sort of consequences. Yeah. And I, I would love to see like the Big Ten just give the big middle finger to the NCAA and say we're going to go NAIA. Yeah. Screw you, we're done. Just too much money. Could you imagine? Too much money. It, yeah. They're going to make money because they're the Big Ten, regardless. Yep. Right? It's who's making who the money? Right. It's kind of like the uh, remember the movie A Bug's Life. Mm-hmm. The grasshoppers and the ants. That's the OG movie. That is the OG movie. Drop a clip. <laughs> Bugs will. life. We'll have to Drop a clip, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. It's. It makes me sick. Yeah. It, it truly makes me sick. I mean, even the Olympics has come around. Right. Where they don't, they're not, they're not doing that sort of thing anymore. There you go. Yeah. Try for the Olympic team. That'd be fun as hell. Yeah. Might uh, actually the. Uh, it's called what is it? FIBA. Yeah. FIBA 3v3. Uh, is that the Olympics or no? I think they're talking talking about putting the 3v3 in the Olympics, 
which they really should. I think they, they really recently should. As long as they don't kick wrestling out to do it. You well, know, that was is wrestling game. out? I no, thought they were. It. Okay, so they, no, they was, took uh, it out. It's the, the original even, sport. You know, why would they, they, they take, it out. take it out, though? Yeah, it's like one of the first. They said that it was just not getting enough viewers and it wasn't being promoted. Well, then the next Olympics after, it was one of the most watched yeah. sports because they took it out. And then they put it in as a temporary sport for that next season because they fought so hard until they got it permanently back in. And there was a big movement of, of the... And here's what people don't understand about the sport of wrestling. The poorest countries are the ones that were affected the most because you know what? If you can, if you have shoes, mm. you can wrestle. Mm. And so, and they, countries like Iran yep. and Cuba yep. have these amazing teams because you don't need a whole team. You can two guys can go and win. It's, it's an individual sport. And if you if you fatten out a team, great. And they they tend to dominate at these sports. And they tend to not be playing for the for the dollar. They're playing for the pride. You know, they, I think they talked about that on the Joe Rogan podcast about how immigrant, the first first generation immigrants were the best fighters, Rocky Marciano and a couple others, because you know they come over with nothing and, and they have nothing to lose, and they're not playing for that that money. They're playing for the pride and and and, and the love of the sport. And that's what we got to get back to uh, on all levels, whether it's pro or amateur. The love of the sport, love, baby. It's got to be the love of the sport. You, you know, you why are we doing it? Why are we doing five on five? Yeah, isn't that a movie for the love of the game? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't love it, you're not going to be doing it. Yeah, you're going to be doing things for the wrong reason. You're going to sell yourself for things that you shouldn't do, and that's what we've become a product of. But that's what we're going to do with this five-on-five. Five. You know, we're going to show people that you can have fun. It's not all about rankings. You know, it's not all about clout, you know, stuff like that. Tristan's got the clout, and, you know, we're going to show people that it's not about just being the best. It's about, you know, having fun and, and making a difference in community. We're starting, we started our 5v5 here in Pleasant Prairie, Kenosha, and we're going to build out from there. That's, uh, yeah. They're gonna be fun. Oh yeah, it was. Fun. I mean, we had a blast last night. I mean, there was times oh, yeah. where I, you know, I was giggling like a little school schoolboy. What you play? Rackplex. Rackplex. Yeah. You plan on staying in Kenosha permanently? Is this, this going to stay your home? Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, I know. I just, I just got a little condo, a little apartment. Yeah. Um, did a year lease, so I think when the year lease is up. I'll probably put a down payment on a crib somewhere in yeah. Kenosha. Um, yeah, I already got a noise complaint in my because we were dribbling the basketball. So, <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, I got like a mini basketball hoop in the in the little yeah in the little thing. So I saw the video. I was like, oh, Tris, you need to come help you decorate that. Yeah. Bring, bring some women in there, help you decorate. Yeah, where the women at? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that could be a whole video as you bring women in to decorate your crib. Dude, if you guys, man, I might throw you guys a 20 hey. or a 100. <laughs> come on through. I'll help decorate the crib. That could be a thing. You could yeah. just yeah. say, hey, you know, we're going to have a contest. Whoever gives me the best concept, I'm going to let you yeah. come, on my, come on my show and decorate Best my layout. Place. You've got the best layout. Yeah. Got some space. And it don't matter the age. I like women of all ages. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't discriminate. Yeah. We are 18, age, 18 and up. Age, eight, oh, actually, 18, 18 and up. up. 18 <laughs> and up. 18 and up. No not R, all no ages. R going on. No, no. Yeah, no, uh, no. not all ages. My bad. 18 and up, please. Let's keep it clean, man. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. But, but, but over, 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 like, you know. 45 or 50 for you, it's okay? Uh, <laughs> depends. Would depends. you date a girl if she was hot but she was 50? <laughs> it depends, dog. Like, there was it, love there. It, it depends how she looked, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it really depends on her personality, too, though. You know what I'm saying? The energy. Because Tristan's not shallow. Yeah, I ain't just, yeah, I ain't just talking no girl. 
just because she looks good, or if or I'm if I'm gonna date a girl, man, she gotta have the personality with her. She gotta understand what I'm going through, and she gotta be supporting me the whole way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't have no girl that just wants me for the money. Like, what is that? So you, you feel find, me? So you need to find a girl with her own money, then? Huh? Uh. Not necessarily. Not ne- maybe yeah, not necessarily. Well, uh, shit, maybe there was a girl before the fame that was here that you know that I knew was there. Who knows? Yeah. Are you, but, uh, <laughs> are you out there? Are you out there? <laughs> are you out there? Where you at? Hit my DM. No, I'm yeah, you know, hey, here's the deal, man. When you're commenting on this, uh, just put hashtag I want a date with Tristan on my video here. And we'll I make a YouTube series, a date with T Jazz. Yeah, blind dates. Like a like a like a bachelor. Blind dates. Yeah. I'll take you wherever like you want to go. Bachelor. Yep. We can fly to France. Let's get it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You let's know take what's going to happen now. You're going to have a bunch of girls like trying let's to line up it. and then... Let's take it's a already, It's already happening. <laughs> it's yeah. already happening. I'll bet a flight of France. That would let's, be... Uh, let's go to France. Let's take a little vacay. Kick it. Kick it for the week. We'll come shoot that. Seriously. Uh, come yeah. through, man. Yeah. We'll book the flights. We'll get a sponsor. Can't shoot everything. <laughs> well, we, it, what, who says? Right, right. Oh, you just have, you shoot premium. the door closing and the door opening back. There you, you go. Don't have to, you don't have to shoot us behind the closed yeah. doors. I mean, look, look at what they put on The Bachelor. We could yeah. do like a Bachelor yeah. episode. Like yeah. Tristan Jazz, Bachelor Jazz edition. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm pretty ugly, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's 2019 and I know I'm you got still that, ugly, man. I know you got that pale, pasty white skin, and that mop on your head. What's up with that? Nah, man. <laughs> got the little perm going. Shout, perm. shout out to my mom. Shout out to Did your mom really do that for you, or is it? Yeah, my mom. She used to be a hairstylist. Uh, she actually didn't didn't go to college after high school. She went to beauty school. Yeah. So she did. She knows how to cut hair and everything. So, um, yeah, she always permed my grandma's hair. And I was like, "Yo, let's let's try it." So we did it. We did it, Ralph. We did different, it. different, different. That's good yeah, stuff. it's actually crazy. I got a lot of kids actually ask me, like, "Yo, what? Do, I'm going to my barber today. What do I tell them? That like, what do you tell your barber? What what to give you for your haircut? Because I want to do the same thing as you. Like, kids will actually hit well, me up and say that. Well, because you kind of created a signature cut there. Yeah, a little wave. Yeah. We saw a kid last night that, that we know, the local kid, little little Ooh. Hooper and Elijah, and he oh. had the he didn't have the haircut, but last night he had the exact same haircut, per, well, curl and everything. I've had the full beard for the last couple of years. I mostly yeah. had this goatee for like, Man, all through my. My thing be growing like crazy because my dad, you know, my dad Jeff Jazz. Oh yeah, Jeff Jeff. What's Dude, up, Jeff? Shout out Jeff? Jeff, where my dog? He should have been <laughs> out here today. We're actually we got a video coming up when I come back uh, for my little trip. Yeah. We're uh, we're gonna play one v one, my dad. So that should be a funny video. Yeah. Everywhere I go, people ask me, "When are you playing your dad part Everywhere. two? You said you were gonna play him again months ago. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> it's my dad, man. He's it might be the most requested video, dude. Like I'll be we're challenge your dad to wheelchair basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. We should make a wheelchair yeah. basketball. Video. Donate some money. Donate, donate the money. Donate the money. money. Yep. Yeah. Plus, donate some. Pro- yep. Oh, that's. Yep. Uh, there we go. Yeah, we got a lot of ideas. That's hot, man. Yeah, yeah that's cool. But uh, yeah, stuff. shout out to Jeff. But yeah, Jeff. I'm hairy because of him. Yeah. That dude is hairy. <laughs> and I'm... Dude. You got a coat. He's like Jeff <laughs> you the got Yeti. A coat on him. <laughs> Jeff the Yeti. <laughs> Jeff the Yeti. <laughs> Jeff Yeti Jazz. Nah. Better shave. Like, if I don't shave, this thing just keeps going, man. 
we used to we used to dog on each other in the military. We'd always make fun of each other's moms. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like, dude, you're not gonna recognize your mom when you get back to the states. I shaved your back. And we would just oh. <laughs> <laughs> get real with Ralph. You know what dude. I'm saying? Oh yeah. If you want to you want to get real, stay in an open big dorm with 50 other guys in boot camp or. Uh, <laughs> No, thank you. in the chat. All you smell is like sweaty feet at night when you're going to sleep and, and, and ass. Uh, kind of like on the way in here, you know, when we did the bird box thing, you know, just, uh, you know, sorry about that. Just yeah. do it. Nah, that thing, uh, was, that smelled horrible. Man. <laughs> well, I had, I had to make sure that I let you in proper, so that was... Uh, oh, I didn't know what was going on. I hopped out the car, Ralph was like, put him on! Put them on. Put the. I was like, "What? Hurry up! Close your eyes. Close your eyes. You're gonna die!" Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at the light. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. It was fun though. Yeah. It was, uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun, man. Going a date with. So, Sandra do Bullock. you sing? Can you sing anything? Can I sing? Can you sing? No, I don't sing. A couple bars? You can spit some rhymes, all right? A couple bars? Oh, yeah. You can spit some rhymes, all right? That's what I heard. Oh, man. That was a throwback Thursday, man. We need a freestyle beat so we can have you do something. Yeah. Here, uh, Ralph, you got any bars for me right now? Any bars? Like, yeah. To play? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got any rhymes for me? Let me hear some Yeah, rhymes. it's the slang. Me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 Nothing I can... Ray! Ray! <laughs> if I start spitting rhymes... Uh, no, I do like old, I do old school with shit, like Creed's like, Clearwater Revival. There you go. Ralph's got the old school beefs going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I had a couple of rhymes that I threw out there, but they're not family appropriate, and I don't even want my wife to hear that stuff, <laughs> not ever. <laughs> not to mention, um... My boy Ray here heard me try to do Run DMC Christmas and Hollis yeah. on a Rolling with Ralph episode. We had to cut the whole thing out because it, t- it was, in fact, you know Marco and Vicino? Yeah. I was in the car with his mom because we did a Rolling with Ralphie series and we were riding wrong. And uh, I played. It was December 24th when I was sat at the park. When I seen this man chilling with his dog at the park, I approached him very slowly with my hot full of beer. Look at his dog. Oh my God, a little reindeer. But then I was in because a man had appeared. A bag full of goodies, 12 o'clock at mid. I turned my head a second and the man was gone. But he must have left his wallet smacked down in the lawn. So I picked it up and I took it apart. We'll get the license and the code said Santa Claus. A million dollars and a couple hundreds of G's Enough to buy a small magic car with ease But I'll never steal from Santa Cause that ain't right So I was going home to mail it back to him that night But when I got home I bugged Cause under the tree was a letter from Santa That it goes to me That's it That's that is Whoa. It's live. Whoa. It's live. That's real. That's real with Ralph. Ralph. You just went real rhymes with Ralph. Real rhymes. Only thing that I can do besides hold go home and wash out your beaver. That's the other one that I do. I don't think that Santa Claus should be in the same paragraph. Keep it real with Ralph. Yep. <laughs> Keep it real with Ralph, baby. Oh man, that is it. That is the only thing I ever tried to rap, yeah. and that was because it was a Christmas song. Do it well. Do well. Tour coming next Christmas. Yeah. But there was one guy that used to do Christmas caroling with Ralph. Next oh, Christmas. Yeah. Boom. Absolutely. Next series. Boom. Next series. Well, yeah, it's not Christmas time. Well, now we'll have to do got something. Got time to start? Build it up? But yeah, I've done a, you know, I, I've, I, Ray came with me, went to a recording studio, and I laid down some tracks. And, really? uh, like, 
We did five of them and four of them sucked, but one turned out pretty good. Hey. I did. Um, learn from your failures. I did Won't Back Down, Tom yep. Petty. And uh, then I did a CCR, something that looked pretty good. And actually, there's a company that I can upload it through to my site so I can still monetize. And they take 60% and they pay off the, the publisher with it. Really? So you can still you can monetize a cover. Oh. Which is pretty cool. And in fact, nice. I'm planning on hosting a cover contest on my channel mm. in the spring here because I want to try and discover some young talented singers. That's yeah. one of the things I have a passion for. Check out my boy Young Trench. Yeah. I have been the watching Trent him. Tab. Young Trench. We're actually building a studio in our basement. I'll show it to him when we're done shooting. And uh, Of here? Right here. We're building a recording studio, yeah. video no studio. Yeah. We're going to bring Trent on. We're going to bring him on oh, the, yeah. on the I podcast. I would love. Uh, we're going to bring him on the podcast. sound engineer. That's what he is by really? trade. Yep. yep. And really? So we're gonna we're gonna start recording people. That's dope. So we what, know do you, what do you use to make some shit? Pro Tools. Pro Tools. Mm -hmm. Wow, he's official then. He's a, yes. <laughs> shit, that's yeah. official. Yeah. That's that's official. That's yeah. What, yeah. So we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do as a matter of fact, the performing arts studio is renting the rest of the basement. We're teaching piano lessons and dance lessons and theater and stuff like that. That's dope. It's yeah. awesome. And then we got the one room that we're keeping as a studio down there. And so when someone's got some talent and they don't have anybody to record it, you know, and we think that they've got something, we'll record it for free as long as they let us put it on our channel and they share it as opposed to putting it on their own. Yeah, and smart. then, you know, if they break out and they go they go nuts, we help them get there. So, yeah. you know, I keep thinking I would love to be one of the first YouTube labels, like just go and find talent and discover it. Talent and everywhere. Talent there's talent everywhere. everywhere and they don't know how to leverage yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what you talked about, having some faith in yourself. You know, they need to be coached up a little bit. They mm -hmm. need a little bit of confidence, and they need some technical advice. Yeah. And, and then, they'd be okay with failing a, little, a couple times, maybe even a couple hundred you got to be okay with failing. Oh, fail so if much. If you're not okay with failing over and over and over and over and over and over until you get it right, you will not be successful. Absolutely. You, you will learn more from your failures. Absolutely. I, I thought I want to make a... a a meme or something where it says the greatest teacher in the world and it has a picture of Yoda but it says my name is failure because yep. I think that that mm -hmm. is such an important piece that people don't get is nobody ever who nobody who ever made it made it without failing yeah. along the way nobody dude Michael Jordan got right. cut from his freshman team absolutely right. cut from the freshman team probably still to the day, to today, the most recognizable athlete yeah. in the world. Yeah. I would say without a yeah. doubt. He's definitely the His own brand. most financially successful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have uh, too many other athletes that have been retired for 20 plus years and their name is still on shoes. Right. Making over a couple hundred mil a year still. Yeah. Very, very smart business yeah. too. Yeah. Very smart. Aggressive. Who knows? Competitive. Who knows? We might buy his house uh, down in... Uh, Lake Forest? Lake Forest. Let me know how many guys. I'll take you down and show it to you. Let's do it. Yeah, we, uh, that's one of the cool things about what I'm doing now is I've uh, I got a team. I'm with a company where we're licensed in all 50 states. Really? And so, uh, what what I want to do is start selling homes all over the country to influencers and famous people. Yeah. And what we'll do is we'll put it on our show, and then we'll monetize it, and we'll figure out what we do with the monetization afterwards. You know, and do like some some joint venture agreement. That's man. I'm looking for a house in the next year, Ralph. So I know. We'll we'll work on something. We'll figure something we'll out. We'll work on something. We can take that and roll that forward. And what I want to do is give like a certain percentage of charity every time. Yeah. And then you know we'll split the rest of it between myself and the and, and the person who we're doing it with, and kind of document the whole process. Well, yeah. How about you? You hook me up with a house. You take 100% of the revenue. I don't need it. Well, then we'll give it to your charity of choice. 
Well, yeah, we'll do yeah. the charity, but yeah. then whatever we were going to split, yeah. you, can, you can take mine, man. It's all you. Uh, if you hook it up, it's a business for business. <laughs> it's all you, my man. Yeah, well, I just want to I want to grow that thing, and yeah. I want to bring more people in, and uh, I think that there's so many different... You, we talk about content, and, and I, I love creating content, and I keep thinking, how can I create content at this stage of my life? Because the content that I'm going to create is different than the content that you'd be creating. My audience is definitely different. Mm -hmm. And then how do we crisscross? Like, today you're here, and my audience is really small, don't get me wrong, but the people that are going to be watching, and I have more on Facebook than I do on YouTube right now, but the people that are going to see it are going to be a completely different generation than who is watching it now. And these people are going to go, oh, this you know, they're gonna call you a kid, but you're gonna, oh, this kid's pretty, pretty smart. He's pretty cool. Now I'm gonna see what his videos are all about, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna go and watch him. And so you're gonna start reaching. And as you do more of this with more people, you'll reach different audiences. Because right now, you're, you're, what's, do you know what the age of your, uh, your, the, the biggest part of your audience is about like 10, 11, 12 year olds? 10, 11, 12 to like I think 24. Wow. So yeah. I know my son goes to school a block away, and all of his friends know who you are. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Dude. When he, uh, he told them that he was on that Grabzilla challenge with you, they said, no way, and he showed him on all of his friends. Think that that's the coolest Yeah, well, we were at, I took my dad, my brother, and my little brother, my older brother and my little brother to a Harlem Globetrotters game, and, dude, there was just a line of kids all the way up to the second, like, story in the United Center, Chicago. Yeah. There was just a line of people to take pictures and autographs with me. That's awesome. But now I'm not. I'm not saying that to like show off. It's just like crazy how far it's been. It's it, it, I mean, it's got to be overwhelming. But you're um, seeing be handled it is, well. It is overwhelming, but I also want to give back to the people who are supporting me at the end of the day because sure. without them, I wouldn't be anything. So if a bunch of kids want to take a picture, and I gotta be late to something, I'm gonna be late to it because I respect everybody that uh, supports me. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad 100%. you guys got a chance to get on here and talk. Yeah, it was awesome, Ralph. I can't imagine any other subjects we can cover, so we'll have to. Uh, but we definitely, I definitely want to come back as you're traveling around the world. Yeah. What I would love is to do, a, you know, like a, a Skype call once in a while. Dude, and, and of you course. You tell us what's up. Facetime me, man. You you tell us what's up, and we can put that out there. I think that people will eat that up. Mm -hmm. And uh, if like I like I told you when I text you, I if it's four in the morning because you're busy, you let me know. I'll, I'll get up and make it work because you definitely got the busier schedule yeah. of the two. Of I've got six kids and you still got a busier schedule than me. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah. yeah, man, that's a lot of kids. Thanks for that's having us on here, Ralph. Thank you for being on. Dude, thank, thank you guys and you. for those of you watching you. at home. If you have not watched Tristan's videos, I'm gonna put his. All of his links to his channel uh, for his YouTube and his Instagram. Is there anything else besides YouTube and Instagram? Twitter. Twitter. We'll make sure that we put uh, all three. Yeah. Anything else? Facebook? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. We'll make sure that we have all of those up there for you. And uh, you can you can follow the, uh, uh, Tristan's journey as he, he, he continues to grow and learn and, and develop as a, as, a, as a personality and a force for good here in the world and, and in our local community, which we're very proud of the fact that you keep coming back to the local community. And Got if to. Uh, anybody Got has to. any, if anybody wants to know what's going on, has any questions about social media influencing or what to do, please send me a DM, send me a, uh, send me a private message. I'm a student of the game and I've got to about fourth grade, so if you're a preschooler in social media influence and you want to learn from me, I can teach you all the way up to fourth grade and by the time you get to fourth grade, hopefully I'll be in high school by then because that's where Tristan's already in grad school when it comes to that. 
but uh, hopefully we can help the, other people the professor. Take, you know, take your passion and follow it and, uh, and, and be you. Be the best you that yeah. you can be. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah, that, uh, don't, don't be afraid to chase your dreams. Um, whatever you put your mind to, you can do. The mind is very powerful. Set a couple goals and go chase that shit. Don't let anybody tell you you cannot chase your dreams. Because that's what people were telling me before any of this. And now look at what happened. Whatever you can do, whatever you can put your mind to, you can do. I've witnessed it firsthand. Don't let haters around you put you down. Keep working. Don't let other people's opinions cause you to stop chasing your dreams. Keep going. Spread positivity. Also, I got another thing to talk about. Have you noticed the people, the haters and the people that are spreading negativity... They're really not doing anything in life. Their lives are shit. Yeah. If they got time to come and put negative stuff on your, on your, yeah, it's because they're doing nothing. With so their life. Uh, my point is, if you spread positivity, positivity is gonna come back to you. And I've witnessed that firsthand. Good things will happen to you if you put good energy out. I promise you. So for everyone watching. If you're 40 years old and you're still chasing a dream, however old you are, you're 12 and you're trying to chase a dream, keep going. 40 is pretty, pretty old. I mean, but it's still, yeah. you still... Still young in some yeah, ways. You can still Absolutely. do whatever you want. It doesn't matter how old you are. Because I know you have an older audience. Yeah. Keep chasing the dream. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ralph. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for being on Get yeah. Real with Ralph. And uh, tune in next week and uh, see what surprise we have in store for you. Thanks.